All right. So, meant to kind of wrap up this Easter thing. And what I thought I'd do is, is go through the story of Peter. It's a story I really like, but it's like, particularly Peter has a really interesting journey when it comes to um, Jesus' death and resurrection. Um, but first, what I want to do is give you a little bit of um, context so you can really relate to Peter. So you can understand what was kind of going on in the world at this time when Jesus was around. So during the life of Jesus, you might know this, Israel was under the control of the Roman Empire. In order to retain their identity as a nation of Israel, the Jews held dearly to their religious convictions and this was a common thing for a um, nation that was under ruling of a foreign nation. Mainly, they held that God had a plan for his people and that he was sending a Messiah, someone to deliver them, save them from their oppression. This is something they were in anticipation of. And Pontius Pilate, he actually replaced a previous Roman overseer of the Jews because the previous guy was so brutal in how he exercised his power. So Pontius was actually softer in his approach than the previous overseer and even Pontius was hard-hitting in how he punished uprising, which ultimately had the opposite effect. There had been rebellion during this time. Small groups of Jewish rebels rose up to try to overthrow the Roman oppression. They were smashed though. Leaders of the rebellions killed and the followers who survived locked up. Barabbas, who was released instead of Jesus, was a prisoner because of his involvement in rebellion. And also the two crucified beside Jesus. Some translations have them as robbers, others as rebels. Maybe in being rebels both descriptions are true. As you would expect, life in Israel was uneasy, paying taxes to a foreign nation who wielded a heavy hand against them. Now, life of a fisherman was a tough one. Much like today, really. Blue-collar job, usually a rough-spoken, poorly educated person. So it was a good step to take becoming a disciple like Peter did. Not an easy one though. To the Jews, scripture had such an authority on all aspects of life. Although mysteries surrounded God, what, what God expected of the Jews wasn't a mystery. Rabbis had authority to teach people what behaviour was pleasing to God and what wasn't. A devout young Jewish man, one who desired to greatly be a man of God, would submit to the authority of a rabbi and a rabbi might accept him as a disciple. And how the rabbi interpreted scripture was how the disciple would understand it. By 13, most of these young men would have memorised most, if not all, of the scriptures they had. And the task of the rabbi and disciple was not learning what the scriptures said, but what it meant and how we should live in response. And the disciples would often debate with each other, wrestling with each other the implications of what the text claims. Everyone knew don't work on the Sabbath, but specifically what constitutes work? Can you light a candle? Their task was unravelling what the scriptures meant and taking sense of how to live in a response. And it is likely um, Peter is around 20 when he starts following Jesus and the other disciples younger. I'll give a little fun fact of why. They go to enter the temple um, later in Jesus' ministry and only Peter and Jesus have to pay the temple tax. And if you read in Exodus 30, it's people 20 and older had to pay the temple tax. Fun facts with Tim. 
So we first hear of Peter when Jesus calls him to be a disciple. This rabbi that Peter sits under as a disciple begins teaching in the synagogues and gaining credibility by miraculously healing people. It even hits close to home as one of the people healed is Peter's own mother-in-law. Yes, that implies that he's married. I didn't know that before I started this. Another fun fact. (laughs) The miracles begin to pile up. People healed of many different things. People with leprosy, paralysed servant. Jesus calms a storm while they're out on on the boat. He casts out demons, demons that even address him as the son of God. He even forgives a man of his sins and heals him. And he raises a young girl from death. And many people are now following this teacher around, listening to the profound things he has to say. And listen to him have a battle of the wits with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and come out on top, astonishing many. And here is Peter, a man of about 20, soaking it all up. First named disciple in all the accounts where it names the disciples. And usually the first to ask questions and give stupid answers. After Jesus has been teaching about 5,000 people who have gathered around him, he sends the disciples out on a boat. And a light storm hits the boat with waves. And as the disciples struggle against the bad winds, what appears to be a ghost walks on the water. After having a moment of terror, they realise it's Jesus. And Peter walks out on the water with Jesus. He starts to doubt though, and Jesus has to save him from sinking. Another time, Jesus takes Peter and two others up a mountain. There he sees Jesus transform in front of him. His face shines like the sun and his clothes glow white. Elijah and Moses appear at his sides. And then he hears God speak from a cloud, approving of Jesus. This is some pretty mind-blowing stuff. This is, this is Peter's journey. Imagine, imagine being part of that. And Peter, he's recognised that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah predicted to come and save Israel. They don't all seem sure, though, of what's happening. They would know of the failed rebellions against the Romans that have occurred. Maybe they are in the true uprising. No matter what, they're all in a good thing here. There is no doubt Peter greatly looks up to Jesus, desiring to be like him. He would have great confidence in Jesus, Just imagine what it would be like to be part of something like that. To the dismay of the disciples though, Jesus makes some unpleasant claims. He will die. They will scatter in fear. And he will be raised back to life after three days. They don't want to hear it, but he keeps repeating it. In a classic Peter move, he boldly states, No, Jesus, you won't die. Jesus strongly rebukes him. Stop being so obsessed with what you desire. Stop overlooking God's plan. When Jesus says everyone will run again, Peter again asserts, I won't leave you. Jesus cuts him down. Not only will he run away, he will deny Jesus three times. Jesus is then betrayed and arrested. And Peter follows at a distance as they take Jesus to the high priest's palace. This would have been a very intimidating place and it would have carried a reputation. Later at this exact same place, one of the early Christians, a guy named Stephen, is framed and stoned to death here. There are temple guards and many people with great power here and things aren't looking good for Peter's rabbi. Peter is 
pretty gutsy coming here as there is a possibility he could be arrested. Though when asked if he is a follower of Jesus, he succumbs to the fear and denies Jesus, saying he doesn't know what they're talking about. He doesn't know Jesus. He swears he doesn't know him. Then after the third denial, the weight of what he has done hits him. The denial of the one he greatly admires. He goes away and the scriptures say he wept bitterly. It's unlikely from what I can find that Peter was there at the time Jesus died. Can't be certain though. Eventually, if he wasn't there, he would have heard Jesus was dead. It seems they forgot or they didn't believe the things Jesus said about being raised to life. To them it seems the good times in such a confronting way are over. I think we can all relate to this feeling of lost hope. At some point we all experience lows, good things coming to an end. For me, when Bennett was here, we had a great fellowship. A bunch of us would hang out regularly and unpack the word and try and make sense of it and encourage each other and also be accountable to each other. For me, it was a great time of growth and great friendship and then suddenly it was over. So often we set out on a journey only to find ourselves not where we were hoping to go. The failure hits hard. I think Peter probably felt like a failure, a coward. What was to happen to all of the followers? If such a great man like Jesus gets taken out by evil people, what chance does a failure have? He can't ask Jesus any more questions and he can't apologise. He can't make this right. And then mysterious things start occurring. Mary Magdalene finds the tomb empty. She even claims to see Jesus. Peter runs to the tomb to also find it empty and wanders off wondering what happened. Then twice Jesus appears to the disciples and they're freaked out and Jesus has to reassure them. It's me, bros. The third time Jesus appears, a bunch of them are fishing. When Peter realises that Jesus on the shore, he jumps off the boat and swims to the shore. He can't be bothered waiting for the boat to sail back. After they eat, Jesus speaks to the inner hurt Peter is feeling. He asks him three times, Do you love me, Peter? The third time really hurts Peter. He replies, You know all things, Jesus. You know I love you. Jesus entrusts the believers to Peter's guidance. Care for my sheep. Feed them. Later, after Jesus ascends, a redeemed Peter receives the spirit of the day of Pentecost. And he then preaches to many Jews present, possibly Jews that were crying out, crucify him, things like that. 3,000 of them are cut to the heart at Peter's words and they repent and they believe. Peter is tested by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He is bold though, living up to the name that Jesus gave him, Peter, meaning rock. Peter goes on to do many things empowered by God. Even the religious leaders of the time make note his amazing knowledge even though he's just a fisherman and didn't receive the education they did. They do note his time with Jesus. We often play down Peter as a dumb fisherman. Imagine though spending three years with the greatest teacher this world has ever seen. Jesus taught him, he'd been a role model for him and he built up his character. So what do we take out of this story? If we removed Peter from it, 
it would still be an amazing story. If we took Jesus out of it though, it wouldn't make any sense. There wouldn't be much story to tell. So although we've looked at Jesus' life, death and resurrection from the perspective of Peter, our focus is on Jesus. We can see the disciples have the predictable human struggle with what is taking place. On the other hand, you have Jesus, sure of God's plan, always seeking to please God by pouring out love on the hurting and the broken, even at a great cost to himself. And in detail with Peter, you see how personable God is. He looks past Peter's many shortcomings and instead looks into the heart of Peter, a heart that desires relationship with God and that heart Jesus nurtures. So what I would say is, sure, during this time of Easter, mourn and then celebrate and stand in awe of what Jesus achieved in dying and rising again, but make sure to be changed by it like Peter was because it's a very powerful change. You will fail, you will doubt and in the scheme of things we have very little to offer God and in spite of that he chooses to work through us We are not worthy, but he is very capable. Peter was transformed from average to effectual and Jesus is the reason. So I'd encourage you, sit under the teaching of Jesus and be transformed by it. Go on the journey of following Jesus and even though there will be challenges, let Jesus be your bedrock, a source of strength. And most importantly, make sure to enjoy God. Because despite our tendency to be cruel, he is good and he is kind and he is loving and it's because of that that he rescues us. That was pretty quick. (laughs) I'll just pray and then um, I think Dave's leading us in communion. Is Dave here? Oh, sweet. (laughs) Halfway through prep for communion. Sorry, Brett. I'll just pray. Yeah, Heavenly Father, you, you teach us through amazing stories and I've just been in awe of the things I've been reading over this weekend. Um, there's some pretty huge claims in scripture. Um, and it's not always easy to believe them uh, and it's not always easy to really grapple with um, I don't know how unworthy we are of, of grace. Um, sometimes when we're suffering we don't always feel like uh, you are a kind God. But please, Lord, Always, always tap on our shoulder. Always point us to focus on you. The example that you showed us when you lived here on earth. Help us look to the lives of people like, like Peter and see the, the loving way that you interacted with them, Lord. Help us encourage each other uh, and, and constantly encourage each other to, um, to look to you. Amen.